Hello and welcome to the Lead From Within podcast. My name is Janiel Mystery. This podcast is a vehicle for you to live true to yourself and live true to your greatness. It's a vehicle for you to transform the way you're seeing your world, who you are being in it, so you can become a more conscious and deliberate creator of your life and achieve what is it what, what it is that you really want to achieve. In this conversation, in today's episode, I share with you a conversation which I had with Coach Sid, a very good friend of mine. And we talk about how you can become your own coach, how you can become your own leader. So for those of you who don't know Sid, he is an extremely good friend of mine and he is the master coach to leaders, coaches and entrepreneurs who seek to play a bigger game, both in life and at work. Via his work at Mindvalley, he is the master coach and head of certifications at Evercoach by Mindvalley, and he has trained thousands of coaches in the art and science of coaching. He's a master at empowering people to live a life of freedom, purpose, and impact, where they can dream bigger, grow calmer, get fitter, and unleash their creative genius into the world. For those of you, as you listen to, to, to Sid share his wisdom, you will sense great resonance and alignment in the things that I share on my platforms to, to what he's also saying as well. So without further ado, I hope this conversation is one of uh, that creates impact for you. That's a powerful listen for you. And we would love for you to reach out to us and let us know what you took from this conversation. Enjoy. Welcome, brother, Sid. Welcome to the podcast, Leading Within Podcast. How are you? I am very well, Janiel. I think it's such a pleasure always speaking to you. I think you're a friend, brother, and I think our connection has just grown over the years. And um, so inc incredibly excited to be having this conversation today, especially yeah. with uh, not only a, a friend and a brother, but a newly new father. Uh, <laughs> so I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited for everyone to experience your your work and your conversation as well. So um, do, do you want to give a, a bit of a background in, in terms of your story and, and what you do right now? So I'd, I'd like to keep it quick because I feel yeah. like, um, you know, I want to make the conversation as valuable for everyone listening as possible. Uh, but my uh, one of the things that uh, really um, that stands out about my story is the fact that I am someone who loves people mm -hmm. uh, and I love conversations. And I think uh, the best way to introduce myself is that I'm someone who will smile at you even if you don't smile back at me. Uh, that's really someone that I am because I just feel like people, energy and getting to know people has really been at the core of everything that I've done in my life. Uh, from starting off my uh, way back in college and school from getting to, you know, be part of events and experiences that got me interacting with people to graduating from college and uh, taking up a role in a, in a you know, a uh, typical consulting company, strategy and consulting firm, uh, doing that for about four or five years and realizing I want to do a little bit more than that. You know, I want to, I want to feel like I'm making an active actual difference in people's lives yeah. uh, to joining Mind Valley, which is one of the largest personal growth companies in the world and uh, leading different businesses, different teams across different roles to finally finding, uh, I think what I believe combines um, 
my, my values, my strengths, and most importantly, my mission for life, which is really the world of coaching. So I've been in the world of coaching for the last five years, five plus years, uh, coaching teams, coaching individuals, coaching leaders. And uh, I know that for a fact, and I can say this for sure, that this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. So I'm a, I'm a coach um, to entrepreneurs and I coach other coaches as well. Yeah. And uh, I lead uh, Evercoach, which is the coaching arm of Mind Valley across all yeah. certification programs. So that's Beautiful. that's a little bit about me. Yeah. And so you, one, one thing that you're really um, passionate about, especially with, with your kind of current content on LinkedIn, on social media is being your own coach. Mm -hmm. So talk to me more about that. Where has that stemmed from? And also what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. Great, great point. So, so being in the world of coaching, um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing I've realized over the years is that, um, a lot of people that I, that I'll speak to about coaching, think of coaching, uh, as a profession, they think of it as something that you do to, to kind of earn money, you know, just like teaching or, uh, look at coaching as a way to make impact and, 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 you know, make a difference in the lives of other people for sure. Uh, but they look at, look at it as a profession mm. fund. What I realized uh, the deeper I went into the world of coaching is that coaching no longer is a profession. I feel like coaching is has transformed into a life skill that every single person needs to have. Uh, almost like 10 or 15 years back, we used to look at leadership as a critical life skill. Mm -hmm. like we used to say everyone needs to learn the art of leadership, right? Yeah. And, and leadership was no longer a title. Uh, it was something that you needed to be. It was mm -hmm. not something that you do, but it's something that you needed to be. Yeah. Uh, and for me, coaching has is the new leadership. It is the new, uh, newest or the, the, the most important skill that people need to develop today, simply because coaching for me is simply the art of becoming really, really aware of what's happening uh, for you on the inside and the outside, listening more deeply than you listened before and being able to uh, respond instead of react to complex changes that are happening around you, whether it's in your work, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's uh, in your work environments, whether it's in your, uh, you know, realities, whatever that is across wherever you're operating. And I feel like um, the more and more I realize that it's no longer a profession, but it's a life skill. Mm. I ask myself the question, how can everyone learn this life skill? And, and that's really the mission that I am on right now to help people uh, to kind of makes this, make this complex world of coaching simple for, so that more people can actually look at it as a life skill. And second, learn what are the subcomponents of this life skill so that they can start actually living it, practicing it and being it in their lives every single day. So, so that's really what, what uh, for me it is. Yeah. I love what you said there because it's, yeah, it's, it's not so much a, 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 a profession as it is a tool and a skill, right? Um, I think there's generally in, in the workplace we, we see, and even at home, like we, we've, we, coaching is, is leadership. It's, it's a tool. It's a tool that we help, that, that, we, that we're able to um, work, you know, use on ourselves as well as other people, right? So um, love that. Uh, one of the questions I had, you said that you've, you've got these subcomponents that is required of um, mm. of kind of being your own coach. Are you able to share some of, of what you believe is a, a good subcomponents of this? Absolutely. And I think uh, I'll start off with the components that is, I think, most widely um, understood or required, uh, in my opinion, for most people out there, irrespective of what job, what profession, what field of work you are in. Um, right. First of all, coaching is, if I had to simply put it, it's a creative process mm. um, of really becoming aware of um, everything that you know and everything that you don't know. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, right. For me, the simplest analogy for coaching is to say, uh, coaching is is really comes down to two fundamental things. Um, any coach who is working with you uses t- two simple tools all the time. Right. One is they are your mirror. Right. They help you see things that you already know about yourself uh, even better, even more amplified, even in, in greater capacity so that you can see it uh, for what it is. The second tool they use with you is that they, they flash a torchlight onto the blind spots that you cannot see. And all of us have those blind spots. Yeah. All right. Becoming your own coach is really about uh, looking at the mirror often to remind yourself about everything that makes you you and uh, also doing the work to find out your blind spots and becoming more aware of those blind spots and continuously working on them. So that really is coaching, the creative process of bringing these two, two tools together on your own life on a, on a consistent basis. Mm. All right. Now, uh, for me, the, the subcomponents of this, if I had to really break this down, uh, I think the first and the most important tool is, is awareness, uh, right? And, uh, and everyone talks about uh, awareness from the thing of, of, Awareness as something that you need to be, that you are aware of what's happening around you. But yeah. coaching really is about self-awareness, is really looking deep inside and seeing what's happening inside you, um, right? And one of my favorite ways to to kind of, uh, you know, share this analogy is to also uh, say, we look at the weather outside every single day. Yeah. And, you know, we get weather reports every single day saying, okay, today it's sunny, today it's bright, today it's whatever, it's raining, right? And you're from London, rainy weather most of the time, yeah. right? But how often do we start off the day asking ourselves, what's our internal weather report? Yes, beautiful. How, how are we feeling on the inside today? Is it sunny? Is it, is it a little gloomy? Uh, you know, is it, is it windy? Mm. You know, and, and then following it up with saying, okay, well, why might we be feeling this way yeah. uh, today? Right. And it's not asking ourselves that question is not to kind of change the way we're feeling. Mm. Or to or to change the weather because we cannot, uh, right? But it's just for us to be able to become more aware of how we're feeling at any given instant. And for me, that is the self awareness that uh, is a critical subcomponent of coaching. Yeah. Uh, so that that's really the the, the first sub skill um, that coaching or becoming your own best coach is really all about, right? Mm. Becoming aware of your emotions and your feelings. Mm. The second is, I think, um, comes down to listening. Mm. Uh, listening for everything that someone else is sharing with you, um, listening for what they are not sharing with you. Mm. Um, right. And, and listening for, for not to, not to kind of, um, you know, disagree with them or not to kind of debate with them and not listening, listening for information, but listening for what are the, what's really happening under the surface. Um, right. What is something that really is waiting to be heard there. Uh, right. And it, that also involves when you are speaking, Mm. You're looking for what's really going on. Now, as I'm speaking to you, coaching myself will really involve, okay, what, what's really happening as I'm sharing this for me, uh, right? Listening for the uh, sensations on my body, listening for uh, how this is coming out to be as I'm sharing this with you. All of that is critical listening. And, and I feel like um, listening is a powerful subcomponent of self-coaching because you go ahead and um, Every single time you put your voice out there in the world or you put your work out there in the world, you're listening for what's the intention with which you're sharing what you're sharing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, there are a lot of other subcomponents, but if I had to really break it down, uh, these are two, two powerful subcomponents that I think are applicable everywhere. So powerful. I, I love that. So awareness and listening. So the, the next question that comes to me is how can one increase their awareness? 
Mm -hmm. I guess that's a, a continual journey, right? And everyone's at different scale on this and in different areas of our lives, we may be more aware uh, of our behaviors in certain situations, in certain situations, but increasing self-awareness, how can we increase that? And also then how can we become better listeners mm -hmm. after we've done that as well? I think the the fundamental thing about awareness and and my own journey of you know relationship with increasing my own awareness and my clients' awareness and and the people I work with their awareness has gone through quite a lot of you know quite on its own, and one of the most beautiful things about awareness is um, comes with the process of of learning, mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to share a little bit about why. Um, I think one of the fundamental principles of awareness is is you saying, uh, you being humble enough to tell yourself that I don't know this, hmm. right? I feel like way too many people today because of the economy that is the world that we're living in uh, or the attention economy that we're living in. Everyone wants to say that I know this, you know, screaming for attention. I know this about this and this and this, right? One of the fundamental principles of awareness is to say, I don't know this, but I'm willing to learn this. Hmm. So, so whatever aspect of your life that you are bringing into your awareness, how can you bring that childlike curiosity uh, into, into that area of your life, whatever it may be, right? For example, if you want to bring more awareness to your health and fitness, um, right? One of the fundamental questions you want to ask is, um, what do I not know about my health and fitness right now that I would love to learn more about? Mm -hmm. Right. And with that curiosity, uh, going about to start discovering it, just like a child would when he's, mm. he or she first starts walking, uh, right. Uh, experiencing it, living it, seeing what I am uh, with every action, every little thing that I do in my health and fitness area, what am I learning about myself? Mm. Um, I think awareness is really about unlearning some of the things that we've learned growing up as kids and relearning it from a, with a fresh slate. Um, so for me, awareness is just really about cleaning the slate blank and starting off afresh in any area of our lives that we want to bring more awareness to. Um, and, and, and of course, people talk about mindfulness and people talk about meditation. All of these are ways and journaling and all of these are ways to bring more awareness. Um, I think the fundamental underlying premise to any of that is to say, what aspect of my life do I not know about that I would love to learn more about? Because mm -hmm. that's where the process of awareness really begins uh, for me. Beautiful. I love that. And I guess there, there may be even times where, you know, you mentioned like we may have these have these unconscious patterns of sharing things on, on social media or maybe for the intention that it may give us. And, and we may not even be aware the reason why we do it. Sometimes we just it might just be an, a, a pattern that we just do. And only until we actually can create some space and introspect to some degree. Can we can we kind of reflect back on actually why am I even doing this? What's the purpose behind me doing this? Um, and, I, and I feel like I, you, you kind of alluded it, you know, alluded, alluded to it in, in what you've just said there. Kind of creating the space to 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 reflect and um, you know mindfulness of journaling. These are all tools, as you mentioned, that that we can do. But I think with even with a lot of my clients and people in, in my community, the first step really is slowing down. It's like Absolutely. slowing down our minds and then we're able to see ourselves from a higher perspective in the way that we're being in the world and then what we're doing in the world. Um, and it's only for me is, I think that's a con continual journey, but especially when at the start of um, coaching or start of any kind of uh, transformation 
transformational change that awareness has, has to come in. We have to slow down our minds from our normal patterns and actually kind of look at ourselves from a higher perspective. Um, totally. And I love that. Um, and I think in even today's world, you mentioned that obviously we, we live in a world where it's a different economy compared to maybe 20 years ago. There's a lot of information out there and that we, we absorb a lot. We, we're always, you know, absorbing a lot of information. It's very easy for us to fall into a trap of us following other people's behavior because other people are doing, because a mass consciousness are doing this and actually not really absolutely being aware of actually why am I, am I doing this? And so, um, yeah, love that. What about listening? What, how, how can we become a, a more powerful listener? So before I go into, into listening, I think I yeah. want to just add on to what you said about awareness. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I think, um, you know, awareness for me, if I had to really break it down for everyone who likes structure, yeah. uh, right? I, if I had to really break it down, in my experience, it's come down to really being aware of three things. Um, the first is uh, being aware of your emotions, right? What are you feeling on and on a day-to-day basis? What are you not allowing yourself to feel on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and basically uh, walking and playing with your emotions uh, in the sense or not playing with it in the sense of actually playing with it, but actually ensuring that you're checking in, ensuring that you're giving yourself yep. the space, like you mentioned, uh, to do the internal weather report on a consistent basis so that you know what you're feeling from time to time. So I think the first area is really emotions. The yep. second area is really expectations, in my opinion. Um, because, uh, and you will lead you to this in the in whatever we do out in the external world, expectations is really about um, what, what terms and goals am I creating for myself? And are they coming from me or are they coming from other people? Mm. Right? Am I doing this because it needs to be done or am I doing this because I want, I need to do it. I wish to do it. I am, I'm, uh, you know, excited to do it, yeah. right? The expectations are also so important because I feel like sometimes um, a lot of, uh, you know, we go through a lot of negative mental chatter and a lot of self-doubt and a lack of self-confidence because we set other people's expectations on us. Yes. And then we, uh, then we force ourselves to live up to those expectations, yeah. right? So the awareness of saying, are these, my, are these the terms by which I want to live my own life? Or are these the terms that I that someone else has set for me? And being clear about those expectations is, I think, very, very important. I think that the third part, and this is the toughest one, I guess, and it will take probably the, the for all of us, it, it will take our entire life for us to really work with it, um, is our ego, mm. right? Um, is to, to, to operate from a place where it's not about us, mm. right? To operate from a place where uh, it's, we are letting go of the judgment that, that our egos out there to, you know, keep us, uh, you know, the, the egos out there to keep us safe all the time. And which is why we have all of these judgments that we inflict on ourselves uh, all the single, every single time. I think working awareness is about knowing when we are taking decisions or having conversations or um, showing up from a place of ego instead of a place of uh, egolessness, yeah. um, right? So for me, it's really awareness is about these three E's. Yeah. emotions, expectations, and ego. Yeah. And at the center of it lies uh, complete self-awareness for me. Yeah, beautifully explained. Do you, even, even before we go to listen, this is such a fascinating part of the conversation. Let's just stay here for now. I mean, do you have any um, kind of self-reflection questions that you use on a, on a kind of daily or even a, a regular basis to allow yourself to kind of... Um, reflect on those three E's. Do you have any kind of do you journal, any journaling questions, anything like that like, that you use? 
absolutely. So I think for for emotions, the question that I shared earlier, mm-hmm. uh, which is what is my internal weather report today? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's an, it's a, it's one of my favorite ways to check in with myself. Uh, a simpler way to put it is how am I feeling today? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and and then being consciously aware of of it every single day, uh, and um, and taking a moment to just write that down every single day as a practice. You know, Janil, I have to share with you that I've learned that it's not the big things, but the small things done consistently that really make a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of them has been this simple practice of me checking in with myself every day to bring more emotional awareness. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the question. Um, the second one is uh, really around expectations. So the expectations question is often uh, is really asking yourself, what expectations am I setting for myself? in this project, at work, whatever it is, is it really what I want or is it what I need? Mm. Wants often come from other people. Needs are something that we really need at this point of time, uh, right? Wants are defined by society. Needs are our own emotional cry for help. So, so it's really about asking yourself when it comes to expectations. Other people call it goals. I call it expectations because uh, ultimately we're living to a certain set of standards, uh, right? It's really about by, before starting any major project, even starting any day, right? It's about asking yourself, what's my expectation from today? Or another way of putting it is, what's the intention I set for how I want this day to unfold mm. on a day-to-day basis? So it's checking in with your emotion, checking with your intention. And then really when it comes to ego, is um, ego is less of a question, but more of a day-to-day, moment-to-moment check-in saying, um, am I doing this? because I want to feel important or am I doing this because I want to play a bigger role? Is this about me or is this about the other person? Uh, right. Um, is this to, to please someone or is this to actually uh, coming from a deeper place of service? All of this are ways to check in with yourself on every single action that you're taking. Let me give you an example. In this moment, as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm checking with myself and saying, am I sharing things because this will be of most wide value for everyone listening? Or am I sharing this because I want to feel important in this moment? Mm. Right. And so it's this, this moment to moment check-in that ego is, is really about. And, and, and of course, letting go of the um, uh, judgmental voices that play in our head uh, yeah. from time to time, because um you know, ego has operates from the, the mind, but mm. often it's the body that holds our true wisdom. Mm. So checking in with your body intuitively to say, what does my body feel right now? Let go of the mind for a bit, but what does my body really feel right now? Intuitively, yeah. what's the intelligence that my body holds right now in this moment? Yeah. So I think those are just a few ways that, uh, yeah. that would... Yeah, I love how you mentioned about the weather forecast, right? Because externally with the real weather, we don't have no control over... Um, the weather internally, I think having this awareness of how I am feeling in this moment, I think that just acknowledging that even though immediately we, we may not be able to change it so quickly. Yes. And it could, because that can be a journey, but just having that awareness of how I am feeling and acknowledging that that also provides so much relief. Hundred percent, and you know, I think it was Dalai Lama who said that most people out there are trying to control their emotions. <laughs> but the most important thing that you can do with your emotions is actually just being aware of them. Yeah, right. Awareness is a solution in itself. Yeah. So anyone who says control your emotions from from here on, I think it's the biggest shift in mindset, the biggest reframe that everyone needs to have. Saying it's not about controlling your emotions. Start off just becoming aware of it first. Yeah. yeah. 
I think I also see emotions as um, something which is it's like a guidance system. Like, so say, for example, you know, if if we're feeling sad or unhappy, um, it, it's not a bad thing to feel that way, but it's obviously telling me something that my state of being right now is unhappy. And that obviously any any kind of feeling comes from from a thought about something. And so whatever that may, that could require more introspection or even just having that level of awareness can then open the question, okay, what is it right now that is is bugging me? So then that leads to, to another set of introspection. And then what I find, this is my own, from my own personal experience as well, is okay, what 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 would make me feel better right now? Mm-hmm. What does make me feel better? And then that opens up more of the solution as to what, what does. And so that, that one little weather report uh, internally then opens up uh, the, the, I guess the next step to find the solution as to whatever that may be, but not resisting the unhappiness, but acknowledging it and, and respecting it and allowing it to flow through us rather than um, resisting it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. So good. Um, you mentioned, like, actually just on this point, actually, so sometimes we we have this inner dialogue. We have mm-hmm. this inner critic judgment we we may not be in a in a in a most positive state of mind sometimes and where we've got this inner voice right and we're constantly having this conversation with our inner inner voice and it's probably the most powerful conversation that any of us can ever have because it dictates our whole life how can we change that how can we from a more negative mindset one may call it how can we mm-hmm. change that to a more positive um way of seeing the world and a more positive conversation in our, in our own minds. Do you have anything to, to touch upon that? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, this is really at the fundamental aspect of coaching yourself is about really tapping into that conversation mm. and shifting the nature of that conversation. So when you say, when you ask me what becoming your own best coach is, it's really about, uh, you know, becoming more aware of that conversation and then seeing how you can shift it. Now, the more and more uh, I've understood or tried to understand this, uh, right, I've realized that the conversations that we have with ourselves often involve um, saying th- things like, um, I should have, you know, I, I probably need to do this to myself or uh, I should have done better or, uh, you know, um, I, I sucked or, you know, I, did, I screwed up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the question I really ask myself is when you're having a conversation with yourself, yeah. who's speaking mm-hmm. and who's listening inside your body? Right? Because literally you're having a conversation with yourself, right? So which part of you is speaking and which part of you is listening? Yeah. Right? When you ask yourself that fundamental question, you realize that the part of you that's speaking is really the, the part of you that is the ego mind that is trying to be in control, that is trying to be right, that is trying to have everything figured out. And that is, um, that is trying to keep you safe. Yeah. And the part that's listening now, this is where it gets interesting. The part that's listening is actually your body. Mm. If you really think about it, because in any action, right? When you are, when you are saying, I should have done better, who are you telling this to, right? Mm. There is this thinker that is giving the direction and the instruction, and there is the doer that is, that is being told to do this. You should have done better. Okay, who should have done better? You're talking to yourself, mm. yeah. right? So really, if you think about it, you're de- deconstructing it, you're telling your body, in some essence that you should have done better, whether at work, on the playing field, whatever it is. Mm. Now, what happens is the more and more you start uh, having these conversations and building these judgments, um, 
it starts off with an isolated event. And the nature of this conversation is something like this. Something goes wrong, right? And it's only in that particular event. Let's say, let's take the example of this conversation and say, I say something um, that I'm not supposed to say, or, or say, I, I, you know, skip a word. Mm. And I start telling myself, oh shit, I, I screwed up there, mm. you know? And then suddenly I end up focusing too much on the fact that I screwed up. And suddenly the conversation ends up being, oh, I screwed up again. Suddenly the events start bulking themselves up yeah. and suddenly I say, I start the conversation now explodes to, I always screw up when I'm speaking. Yeah. Right. And suddenly that it further bubbles up to say, I'm a screw up. I'm not good enough to even have a conversation. Yeah. Right. Notice how the conversation started off with a single isolated event of me screwing up maybe once and not, it wasn't even a screw up. I just missed a word. Mm. Right. And it bubbles out to, I am not good enough. Mm. So every time I've noticed that that ego mind, it's, it has this tendency to take an isolated event, group it together, create an identity out of you, and then reflect that identity back to you. Mm. Now, because it's instructing your body, what your body tells to do is it tries to fulfill the prophecy. It tries to just take the instruction of what the mind is telling you. Yeah. So if, you're, if, if the mind is telling the body that I'm not good enough, the, the body tries to keep up with it. Yeah. So it tends to do all of those things that is in, in alignment with that. Yeah. So the more and more you, you tap into this, you start realizing that first of all, the only way to change, shift that is in that very first instant, when I maybe skipped the word, instead of saying I screwed up, mm -hmm. right? Instead of assigning any good or bad to that statement, just make it an observation. Mm -hmm. I skipped a word. Yeah. Not good, not bad. It's, yeah. It is what it is, yeah. right? You and I both are, are, are football fans, mm -hmm. uh, right? The role of, of uh, you know, the conversation we need to be having, it should be the role of what a referee does on the sidelines. Yeah. A referee basically flags a football player, whether the ball has gone outside the line or inside the line. Mm. He calls whether the player is offside or has been fouled. Mm. Unlike a player who says, I probably missed that shot or oh, I suck with taking a penalty, right? Yeah. Notice the difference in conversation happening between the referee and the player. The player is involved. The referee is just observing it for what it is. Yeah. So, so for me, the changing that dialogue simply comes down to, and the, probably the most important thing comes down to just letting go of judgments as they happen every single moment mm. and just turning them into observations without lab labeling them as good or bad. Just if we just do that one thing, <laughs> I think it's 80, 20 of, of everything. Wow. Beautifully said. I resonate with what you're saying so much because what you're essentially saying that it's, if you skip the word in this podcast, it means nothing apart from the meaning that we put on it. And Absolutely. so it is completely neutral but obviously, as you know, Tony Robbins would say, we are meaning-making machines. We put meaning, we put judgment, we put thought upon thought of stuff, um, and then we follow it up. And as as as, it, as we do that, it compounds, and then it gets worse. Oh my god, I'm not good enough. Then it then it comes to a belief that I'm not good enough. And then I think how this fits in with emotion, as we were talking about before, when we keep on telling ourselves this, or when we're judging ourselves, it feels worse and worse and worse. And then we the feeling just gets worse and worse. And actually, it's just completely not aligned with who we are. And I find that when, when we, when we're feeling these emotions as to, you know, you know, whatever the emotion comes about not being good enough, it doesn't feel good. 
that it's essentially telling us we're not in alignment. It's like putting your your uh, hand on a hot stove. Your 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 body will tell you, well, that's hot. Take it off. And so that's how exactly. I treat my my me emotionally our emotions. It's like, well, something which I'm telling in my head right now is 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 off. That's, it's not true to who I am. What feels better? Actually, to 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 show myself. Actually, that's just one thing I did. It doesn't mean nothing. Actually, um, look at all the ninety nine percent of the other stuff I've been talking about in this conversation. That was amazing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know what? The funny thing is, uh, Jenny, is that we actually all of us know this. Yes. You know, as kids, that's who we were. We were right when we learned to walk when we fell down we didn't attribute any judgment to that saying how dare we fall mm-hmm. right it was just it was neither good nor bad you know yeah. you would just wake up and try once again yeah. you know and if you're a good parent as and you being one who's a coach and who's now a parent i'm showing sure you see your kid learning to walk when she walk when she basically falls down you're not going to say hey how how can you fall yeah you know you're just going to let her figure it out as she learns to this thing. And, and that way, I think the, the conversation that ends up building in her head is that it's okay. There is nothing wrong, good or bad about me falling. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this conversation is reminding me, I was having a conversation with one of my clients who is, um, he's, a, he's a singer, right? He's a, he's a music producer, a singer, and he would release songs out into the world and he would get some great comments, but then he would get one comment or two comments that just, and obviously we a lot of us, you know, you're a creator, I'm a creator, a lot of the people in this conversation and your and, and you know your clients, etc. But generally they're creators. We put stuff out there into the world. And that, you know, where we we kind of share our vulnerabilities to some degree by, by sharing our work. And then one comment can come in. And our mind goes onto this one comment over the other hundred comments that were so Absolutely, amazing. Man. Right? So Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, what you're saying is so true. And I think it's not just us, right? Like some of the biggest creators. Um, I think I was watching, it was Taylor Swift's, uh, uh, you know, documentary on, on a Netflix okay. that I was watching. And, and she was saying something this, of the same thing, like, yeah. you know, her albums and her singles would go crazy viral and, you know, multi-million dollar launches and stuff like that. But there would be these comments. And she would spend days just thinking about it. I think it's Taylor Swift who says that in her documentary. Yeah, she does, yeah. You know, but it, it made me also realize that, you know, we often we think we, we're the only people facing some of these things. Mm. But everyone is. And everyone's just trying to, you know, become better, you know, honestly. And, and that's where I think for me, the whole aspect of becoming your own best coach is all about. It's yeah. just about uh, becoming aware of it so that you can try to become better. Uh, every single uh, moment to moment, conversation to conversation. That's about it. Yeah. I love this. I I love everything that you're sharing about, you know, being your own coach, because I I often share with my clients that you have to be your own cheerleader. No one else is coming to save you. You have to cheer. In this, especially with, you know, you work with entrepreneurial clients and and so do I, and it can be a very lonely journey. And even the the whole... um, personal growth journey or self-introspection journey, unless, you know, mm. obviously we surround ourselves in communities and stuff, but it can be a very lonely journey. So it, it, mm. the, the relationship that we have to build with ourselves has to be so strong to some degree. And it's, it's actually the only relationship that we'll ever have that will last the longest, <laughs> you know, the one with ourselves. And so, um, absolutely love that. 
So before we hey, finish, can I, before yeah, you through. ask, before you say the next thing, I just want to say how much fun I'm having in this conversation, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I haven't even looked at the time, but I think it's, it's <laughs> flying by because that's how, and, and, and to everyone listening, this is exactly what happens every single time both of us get on a chat, whether it's <laughs> a phone call or, you know, whatever it's just time just flies. So, so I just wanted to say, thank you. It's, it's super you, fun. I appreciate you actually, even when you were sharing your bio at, at the beginning, I was like, this just sounds like, a, it sounds like me. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I've just got a mirror in front of me. Um, cool. So I guess what I, what, one of the questions which I had, and I think it's a really important question and, and one which is so important when it, when it is, when we're working towards becoming our own best coach, as well as coaching others in, in the workplace and at home as well is the power of listening. And, mm. and so my, my question is how can we become more powerful listeners? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, fantastic question. So I think first of all, in order to become better at anything, you need to know where you are right now. Right. Uh, and, and I think, um, Otto Sharma, right. I learned, uh, the principles of, you know, evaluating what level of listening you are at from, uh, this MIT professor called Otto Sharma. Uh, he's written this amazing book. Um, it, it's called, um, I think it's called, uh, I forget the name, uh, but, um, it's called theory. You, yeah, that's, that's the name of the book. And, you know, one of the things he does is he studies communities and he studies human beings. And he basically came up with this uh, concept of the fact that all of us actually go through different levels of listening. And, you know, if in order for you to become better at listening, you need to know which level you listen at most of the time. Mm. Right? Level one is uh, listening from a place of uh, it's uh, let me explain this with an analogy. Level one is like listening. When you're inside the room, inside a closed room, your windows are shut, your curtains are drawn, you're just listening to your own voice, right? So everything that you know is the only thing that you're listening for, yeah. right? Have you ever been in a part, a part of a conversation where the only parts you hear is the parts that you already knew and you just affirm that, reaffirm that, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's when you're listening from a closed room, right? When you're only listening to your own voice, you're listening for nothing else, yeah. right? Second level of listening is when you slowly start to, in that room, right, open the curtains, open the window a little bit mm. and let some voices from outside into the room. So this is where you're listening, not just your own voice and not what, what you know already to be true, but you're listening for what other people have to say. And how is it different from yours, right? If you're in a debate, you're probably listening from level two because you're listening to everything that the person's saying, you know, you're, you already know what you are, you, you know about the particular thing. And you're like, okay, this is what's different. Mm. Right? And you're going to kind of debate with the other person. Yeah. So here you're listening for not just what you know, but what the other person's sharing with you. But again, from a place of uh, new information, you want to get new information in, in, into your system. The third level of listening is where the magic starts happening, mm. right? This is where you're no longer inside the room. This is where you stepped outside the room. This is where you suspend everything that you know, and you're listening only to everything that you don't know. This is where you walk into the emotions of the other person, the experience, the body language, everything of the other person. You're almost like a little kid who doesn't know the world. And he's just seeing, observing, and then kind of listening from that place. Mm -hmm. Kids with no language, but they're listening. Yeah. Right. This is the listening that happens at the third level, which is the empathetic listening, right? And this is the listening where magic starts happening because you've literally walked into the other person's shoes. You feel what they're feeling, right? Now, very few people listen at level three 
But there is another listening level, which is the fourth level of listening, which is probably the highest level of listening, which is you're not just listening for what's happening around you from outside the room, but you're listening for a possibility in the future that does not even exist. Ooh. Right? This is when you are in a creative brainstorm with someone in your team, right? Everyone's talking, sharing their ideas, things are flowing through, and suddenly there's this beautiful new idea that emerges, inside that emerges out of somewhere that didn't exist a few seconds ago. Mm. Right. And you've been part of coaching conversations where as a coach, you're listening for not just what the person's sharing with you, but you're able to see another self of this person in the future right now. Right. So I think that is what is they call the fourth level of listening, the generative listening. We are listening for not just what's happening right now, but what can exist in the future. Mm. I think people who are able to listen at levels three and levels four are the ones who are really, really listening for what's happening around them. They're listening for body language, emotions, but listening for everything that's not being said because, but is being created in the moment. Yeah. So for everyone who's, who wants to start listening better, I think the simplest word, the simplest action to do is just, just remain silent, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, for longer in yeah. more occasions for five seconds longer, 10 seconds longer, for just observing what's happening. By the way, fun fact, the letters in the word silent are the same as the letters in the word listen yeah. for anyone who's not noticed that yet, yeah. right? Just remaining silent for longer, simplest little habit in whichever interaction that you are part of mm. is I think the simplest way for you to start listening better, observing better and moving across those levels. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Those four levels, I've, I've not heard of that. So that's, that's really cool to really uh, kind of understand coming from in the room, then working your way out of the room and then coming from this place of creating a completely different room in the near future from this generative creating, right? Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I, I, you know, creating that completely new room with completely new possibilities. That's the highest level of listening. Beautiful. I, I, really, I really hear what you're saying there because I think when we, when we can listen from a completely blank canvas from, from a blank point. A lot of the times we go into conversations with our own preconceptions with, with and, and you know, if, if we're listening to someone, we've got all this noise, like, do I agree with this person? Do I not? We're kind of constantly judging them. Is, is what he's or he or she's saying, is, is that true? Is that false? Does that make sense to me? Does that align with me? Yes, no. So we're kind of processing what they're saying rather than actually listening. And I've certainly exactly. been there. And I think the more I've worked on my listening, it's, it's been listening from a blank slate. And as you, as you said, um, you know, listening for what is being said, what is not being said, and then being open to receiving even more possibility in the space of what's co-created in the conversation. Because within the conversation, there's, there's me, there's you, there's also there's this third uh, mind involved, right? And so I think that's what you're kind of tapping into, this re receptive energy to, to some new possibilities, which is amazing. Exactly. And I think it's the hardest to do with people we love the most, man. I think that's what I've realized, <laughs> you know? So um, it's, it's easier to do it with people uh, who we don't know. Mm, uh, yeah. But because the amount of noise just increases, the amount of biases, the amount of judgment, all of that increases with people, you know? So, uh, you know, if you're starting to practice this skill, uh, my suggestion is, um, you know, start off with people you don't know first start practicing it and then slowly bringing it to the people you know because that's where it's going to get the hardest 100% completely agree with you i think i think it ties on to the awareness so once once we have continued to work on our awareness and continue to 
become more self-aware, then we're able to notice how we're actually not listening a lot of the times, in, especially with the people closest to us. As you said, we've got our own stories in our minds and, and, and we've got this lens that we're listening from. And we've got this confirmation bias where we're just listening to the things exactly. that will confirm our biases. Um, and so, yeah, beautiful. We could go on for another hour. <laughs> I know we could. I know we totally could. Um, but I know, uh, obviously, uh, yeah, you you share a lot on your social media, on LinkedIn. So do you want to just share, you know, how how can people kind of connect with you? Where can they learn more about your work? How can they be in your world more? So um, I think LinkedIn is, is where I share most actively. Um, you know, Coach Sid is, is what my, you can find me under uh, on LinkedIn. I think you will probably share the, the, the URL the below, yeah. Yeah, as well. Uh, but Coach Sid is, is the name under which I, you know, write and share all my, all my content, my insights. I actually release a weekly newsletter, which is completely free on LinkedIn called Become Your Own Best Coach, uh, where I share stories, uh, insights, and, and, and questions for us to actually tap into Become Your Own Best Coach in different aspects of your life and it's one of the things that i absolutely love doing so if if this conversation was exciting for you uh join me there and every week you will you know receive uh, a new insight or a new uh, way to reflect on on everyday things in life uh right at at, in life and at work both so so that's i think the the simplest and the best way uh to kind of just just stay updated yeah cool i think especially for someone who is listening to this podcast and who has um, been listening to my work or been into my work i think um, I would highly recommend signing up to um, Sid's newsletter because what they are about, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've read them and it's very um, direct to the point. It's not a long uh, kind of, it doesn't take a lot of time to read. However, what it does do, it creates space to reflect. Uh, so everything that we've been talking about in this conversation and, and, and the questions that you share in the newsletter are really powerful, introspective questions. And so it's everything that, you know, what we've been talking about is actually creating space for the transformation rather than giving you more information to exactly. To um, Thank so you, man. I appreciate that's, that's it. That's what I've, I've really noticed with your with your newsletter. So I would highly recommend um, you know signing up to that as well. So um, and also share your Instagram stuff as well, your profile if if you want um, in, in in the podcast. So Sid, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate Dude, it. you shared and your energy is is incredible. And we need to continue to meet up and and, and create some cool stuff in the world, man. <laughs> Absolutely, Daniel. Thanks for having me, and to for I am so excited for everyone listening. Uh, Jenny shared with me personally um, the kind of community that you that you are building and uh, the vision that you have for this community, and and the the deep level of service that you come from every single time that I speak to you is is something that always leaves me in awe. And um, and, and and for everyone listening. Thank you so much for being part of this community and for being part of this vision. And uh, I, I know Janil has just incredible things planned. So, so stay tuned. Thank you so much, Sid.